Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I am here with Lorana Kavya, who is the CEO, sorry, the COO and co-founder of SIBO. Now we're gonna get into what SIBO is. It's a fascinating technology that is used in very high volume production of lots of things, lots of products. So Akavia, sorry, Laurent, welcome to the show. We're very excited to talk about your software. Hello, Jim, and uh, it's very good to meet you. Thank you very much um, for hosting me in your show. Well, we appreciate you being here. And if you would give our audience just a, uh, a quick bio of SIBO, and by the way, I'm fascinated how this came into being. So in short, SIBO is a predictive quality and yield solution. We invent a new technology. We call it process-based artificial intelligence. When we uh, look at artificial, sorry. Go ahead. When we look at artificial intelligence, there are many types of artificial intelligence. Uh, for example, for managing a fleet of uh, trucks or uh, optimizing your Facebook uh, browsing experience, or even a medical uh, reading of images of brain or any other part of the body. But when we think or speak about manufacturing, artificial intelligence has to be very specific to the process. Or in other words, algorithms need to understand the manufacturing process. If you take any steel plant around the world, every production line, every furnace, every mill, each one of them are very unique. Around each one of them, there are people that actually understand them well. So imagine what it is to take this knowledge, the process knowledge, and embed it into an algorithm or into a mathematical formula. So around this huge challenge, huge challenge, we built an entire company. We actually built algorithms that can learn and understand a production line. The Cibo solution is answering the three most important questions for the manufacturer. Why process inefficiencies are happening? how to prevent the process inefficiencies, and when is the right time to act. We do that by performing automated root cause analysis, proactive alerts that help to prevent the losses before they happen, and predictive recommendations. And when we speak about process inefficiencies, we speak about different KPIs, like the target weight, the target size and shape, the inner quality, the surface parameters, the mechanical properties, the energy intensity, the Cochrane, the carbon emission, and many, many other process-related losses. I was at your website, which is seebo.com for our listeners, sebo.com. I would encourage you to go there. They have some fascinating case studies. And what is intriguing to me is that you actually embed in your AI code so many steps within the entire end-to-end -end process that you can help manufacturers identify inefficiencies that they either didn't know were there or they knew were there, but they didn't know how to improve them. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. Um, I'll, I'll share with you a little bit of, of the state of the industry. So let's say that I'm working uh, for a steel uh, plant and uh, I have some, uh, let's say, surface uh, uh, rejects or any, any other challenge like that. The tools that I have today will allow me to look at the data 
from the production line and to use my uh, knowledge as a professional of what could be the problem. I would be able, out of thousands of tags, I would be able to manually pick a few, run against them some mathematical formulas with Excel, so many tab or other uh, tools, and eventually prioritize and conclude. And this journey took many plans to a good place and to the place that they are today. But in this journey, there is some challenge in the very beginning. In this journey, the investigation is done based on hypothesis of human beings. It's done on a limited set of tags and it's done ad hoc. It's done only when we need it. Imagine that you could analyze all the relationships between all the process tags all the time. This is exactly what the civil solution does. We have powerful computing power. We are running on the cloud. We analyze the entire data set against the different targets that I mentioned earlier. And then we hand to the manufacturer explanations of why losses are happening. And we also hand to the manufacturer an operational envelope, a set of tags that they need to maintain with their values in order to run more efficient. So instead of relying on human biases, it's simply uh, explaining what is the best way to run the production line. So let's talk about a couple of case studies. And I'm gonna use one that, that uh, only because it works in my head. Um, and that is the manufacturer of, let's say, saltine crackers. Do you track everything from the raw materials coming in the door to the boxed crackers in the shipping box ready to go out the door? Is that all within the code and the software? Yes, that's correct. Um, it's all start from the business need. Let's say that we have a challenge overweight or underweight or size or shaping consistencies or maybe even color inconsistencies. What could be the root cause of that? Could be the raw material, could be the actual process, could be maybe even the weather around the plant. But actually, it's probably not one of those. It's the relationship between them. It's the way the process is dealing with the raw materials, the specific raw materials in the, uh, under the specific conditions today. This is what usually is causing those losses. Now, if you ignore one of those things, you're simply blind to one of the possible root causes. So one of our expertise is on unifying the data. And I like to speak about it for, for two minutes. Usually when, sure. people think, usually when people think about algorithms, they think about the algorithms that analyze the data. But in fact, there, are, there is another group of family of algorithms that is ultra important. It's called the pre-processing algorithms. It's actually the algorithms that are getting the production data, connect them together, not just store them together, actually connect them in the right way together. And is also cleaning the data, dealing with noisy data, dealing with data that is um, uh, have missing values or maybe even wrong. I did not hear any manufacturer that told me, yeah, all my data is perfect. Just take it and analyze it. It's usually the other way around. The equipment is sometimes from the 60s. The sensor was calibrated. No one knows when ago. And, um, and, and there is always challenges in, in manufacturing data. So actually we built a, whole, a world of algorithms in the pre-processing process. Sorry, in the pre-processing stage that helps to 
bring the data into a condition that it could be analyzed, and then we analyze it. So if I sum it up, yes, we do collect data from raw materials, process parameters, um, fuels, weather around the plant, and so on. We aggregate it together and analyze it to bring the results to the manufacturer. So Ron, would you be involved, for instance, you said they have uh, equipment from the 1960s, which in fact is accurate for some manufacturers. Would your software help them or SIBO be involved in selecting the right piece of new equipment to go into that production line? So um, if the piece of equipment can generate data, if it has a PLC, and we can access the PLC and grab data from the PLC, that's legit. Answering okay. your other question, uh, many of our clients are continuously building new lines, uh, not only because of the equipment is old, but also because of the fact that they have good demand in the market. And many of our clients are calling us to the planning stage. So in the planning stage, we sit down together with them we uh, close our eyes and we say, okay, let, let's imagine that we are running, this line is running for six months now or for a year. What are the problems that you expect to have? It will be the overweight, the underweight, the surface parameters, the mechanical properties, quality, emission, you name it. We make a list and then we ask them, guys, what could be the root causes? What could be the values that in a year time you would like to analyze? And then we, like, we make a list of that. And with this document, we tell them, go to the OEM, make sure that when you buy the line, you have access to this, to this data. So actually, if you are speaking about building a new line or buying a new piece of equipment, it's possible to make a few simple steps before you actually purchase in order to make sure that your equipment is AI ready. Makes AI, absolute... AI in, if I'll explain, artificial intelligence. I'm sorry that, okay. that I, I cut you off, Tim. Now, let's talk a bit about some of your case studies, which I found very interesting. I, years and years ago, I visited a food manufacturer that was coming out with a new breakfast product. And as I walked through the plant, I saw 55-gallon barrels of failures. And I was fascinated by the fact that I realized, oh my gosh, this is what they have to go through to come up with a product that at least can go into some kind of internal testing. And there were a lot of people in that production environment who were getting pretty tired of eating that same new breakfast snack to test it out. And, and all of the waste goes into that new production. So I'm fascinated by your case study. So let's talk about one in the food industry, and then we'll talk about one in the steel industry because our sponsor for the show is All Metals and Forge Group. They make steel forging. Uh, pick your favorite in food, Lorraine, and let's talk about that. All right, so um, we have many beautiful case studies in food. Maybe I'll think about picking up one. Yeah, let's do the uh, bar Barilla one. Barilla, um, many people related to pasta, but uh, Barilla is also a huge baker. Uh, they have uh, very famous uh, bakeries and, uh, and, uh, and um, uh, bread products uh, all around the world. And 
the case study, by the way, the case study that I'm telling about is available on our website, uh, including a 30 minutes interview with Giovanni Ballerini, who is the uh, uh, VP of Manufacturing and Strategy in Barilla. And he speaks about the entire journey from uh, no data available into full AI analysis on their bakeries. And he speaks about this journey uh, and the way they did it together with us. So um, we helped them to reduce 37% of their waste and exactly those barrels that, that you are uh, mentioning, Tim, um, they are available also in, in their plant, but today with 37% uh, less waste in them. And uh, the journey over there, it's quite interesting. So uh, when, when I first met uh, Giovanni, um, we decided that we are going to first to speak about the business. Let's put technology on the side and let's uh, put other things on the side. Let's speak about what's really important. And then we went uh, through a uh, plan by plan, and we identified that there is a beautiful opportunity. Once we identify the opportunity, um, we ask ourselves, okay, what data should be gathered in order to uh, analyze that? And we work together, I worked with this team together to generate a list of the required data. And then we brought third parties to help to, uh, you know, to grab this data. It's quite of a commoditized area uh, today to um, uh, penetrate a PLC, to, to collect the data on a server, and to, and to make it uh, available. So the, the, the data collection project, project was, was quite uh, efficient and short because of a simple reason. We, know, we knew exactly what, what we are after. Once we have the data available, um, we, we send it to the SIBO server and then the algorithms uh, ran on the data. And we started to provide to the team uh, in the plant insights from temperature to the speed of cutting knife to the amount of water in the mixer and um, raw material quality. Uh, dozens of insights came in the beginning and, and the plant team, a very dedicated plant team that, that saw the goal uh, of, of uh, running a more efficient plant simply went after the accommodations one after the other and one after the other. And, and in, in less than six months, we got to this tremendous results. Um, you mentioned also uh, steel plant. So we have also many different case studies from blast furnaces to, um, to coil production. One that I can randomly choose, let's, let's speak about um, a holes per meter strip. So we, we produce um, a carbon steel coil and um, uh, at the end of the line, using the camera, we see holes. And this is obviously something that the manufacturer would like to, uh, to prevent as much as possible. And also here, we did the same process. In this case, since it's a steel plant, the data was, was available already. And the algorithm simply scanned the data really from the, uh, uh, the, the, the different uh, mills up to the uh, melting process and to the meteorology um, uh, chemical analysis of the melted steel. And, and the results there was, was very impressive from speaking about the little fill level and the tendish fill level and the aluminum uh, content and, uh, and many, many other parameters that, that eventually affected uh, the quality of the coil and we helped them to dra dramatically reduce that. That is incredible stuff. I have uh, done some study on uh, steel coil and strip and it's amazing what they have to uh, be, be able to control to produce a top quality coil it's movement left and right, whether or not there's any ripple, uh, just uh, so many measurement points that have to be tweaked. And I'm assuming that your software helps them analyze where that tweak might be off 
by even a tiny margin because it makes a big difference. Yes, that's correct. And I, if, if I look at the, at the food manufacturer, for example, a, a standard uh, uh, food production line would have a very clear beginning and a very clear end. You put raw materials in one end, you'll get the product in another end. The steel manufacturer has another layer of complexity. The line is actually broken into a, a continuous caster, sorry, melting, and then the continuous caster, and then the different mills and so on. And between those stages, there is some, sometimes a stop. And, and you need to create traceability. You need actually, if I'm holding a piece of coil, I would like to know when it was on each one of the mills, when it was on the continuous caster, when it was on the uh, on the melting process, what raw materials uh, 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 was was used uh, in in the melting process, and so on and so on. So just making this traceability, this connectivity, and the ability to see the entire set of of uh, uh, data sets, that's by itself is a huge challenge for the manufacturer. And not speaking about the fact that at the end of the day, without the civil solution, a human being need to sit down in front of all this data and, and try to, to, to build the relationships. And, and, and when you have uh, the, the technology today is, gives, gives us, uh, what I'm saying us is the manufacturers and CIBO, a huge opportunity to simply scan thousands of combinations and thousands of relationships in, in uh, less than a minute. And, and come back with results that actually uh, uh, are prioritized and are actually speaking about what is causing a problem and how to run a more efficient production line. Yeah, it's just uh, fascinating to me. Now you also work in powdered chemical, liquid chemical, glass. Uh, I'd like you to share a little bit about, for instance, uh, either powdered or liquid chemical production from end to end. Um, I'll, I'll share with you a beautiful story. We have a client that is producing um, uh, powder chemicals and they can release to the market a product with 3% moisture. When we started to speak with them, they released to the market on a regular basis, a product with 1% moisture. So technically according to the law and according to the customer specification, they can sell more water and everyone will be fine with that. But they sell less water. So they sell more real product which costs them millions every year. And uh, we asked them, okay, guys, look, by regulation and by customer definition, you can sell 3% moisture. Why are, in, are you selling 1%? And they told us that uh, if they increase the level of moisture, they get blockages in the production line. They get blockages, they get um, um, uh, more difficulties in handling the, uh, the process. So we actually worked with them on identifying what are the right process parameters that they need to use in order to run 3% moisture product. And the result was delivering to the customer an excellent product according to spec and saving millions every year. You know, it's astonishing. Those kind of numbers to a manufacturer are, are bottom line impact, high priority and very difficult to achieve. I am fascinated by what you have developed with SIBO. How did you get started in this arena? So um, I'm one of the founders of SIBO and this is my second venture. I co-founded the company together with my brother, who is my business partner and is our CEO. 
Uh, in the previous company, as I mentioned, it's our second venture. The previous company uh, was acquired at the end of 2013, beginning of 2014. In the previous company, we used to be the customers of uh, manufacturer. We, we lived in China. We uh, used to uh, buy a lot of products and sell them all around the world. And we were quite unhappy sometimes with the quality. And we were quite unhappy sometimes with the delivery schedule. And um, we used to go to the plants and see how complex it is. In the beginning, you are mad. Okay, I'm not getting my quality or I, it's not being delivered in time. But then you go to the plant and you speak with the team. You, you realize that they're actually facing a serious challenge. And one day we sat down together and we told ourselves, this is the next thing that we are going to solve. So we are both um, software developers uh, with the engineering background. And both of us, we are very much fascinated about the relationship between the physical world and the virtual world. So um, this is where we uh, put our focus in the previous company. And this is where we put our focus in, in, uh, in Sibo. It's an incredible accomplishment. I, I want to congratulate you on what you've done with Sibo. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody wanted to acquire that company as well. A great piece of software solving a lot of real world challenges. Talk for a minute, if you will, about the importance of impact on delivery for the manufacturer. So um, one of the conversations that I, I like the most to, to have with executives uh, from, from, from the manufacturing world is about what they see as strategic. And one of the things that we hear a lot is uh, the relationship between inefficient production to capacity, to shelf uh, space, to market share. So I went from a very simple process efficiency up to the most strategic part, which is market share and brand recognition. Um, imagine, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story. Um, when COVID started, before COVID started, I used to sit in my office and we have an espresso machine. I used to push the espresso button three times a day and I had uh, coffee. When COVID started, I moved home. I stopped using the espresso machine that we have here in the office and I started to buy capsules, okay? So my consumer behavior has changed and very much like me, millions of people around the world changed their consumer behavior. And suddenly one day there is a huge demand for one product. Now with this demand, if you are the capsule producer, if you are not holding the shelf today, your competitor will hold it. And we all know that coffee is the coffee that you used to drink. So it's a market share, it's brand awareness. It's the, uh, the way consumers perceive your product. It's maybe pricing even. If the other competitor doesn't have enough product and you do, you can increase price. So we speak with the manufacturers about their strategic goals. We, together with them, we identified the most important categories. We identified the bottlenecks in production. We convert 1% waste to 1% sales. And this is how we move the needle for the manufacturers. And by the way, I wanted to share, uh, Tim, if you like, I can uh, dive deeper into that. One of, the most, one of the most, one of the most important thing that we hear recently from manufacturers is about emission, greenhouse gases, CO2, and so on. Is that the topic that you would like to dive into? 
Yes, I think that would be interesting for our audience, absolutely. So um, for many years, we, as, as, um, as a manufacturing community, we know that this is important. But for many years, that was not important enough. That was not important enough to move the needle. We could see the different um, events uh, with the leaderships of the world speaking about it. But what we see and what we feel in the last um, six, 12 months, that there is a very big change. We see that now manufacturing are changing the conversation and are changing the way they think about it. We see that companies are putting budgets behind it and they're putting teams behind it to make it happen. From um, optimization of uh, electricity consumption, you're probably aware of the electricity crisis in Europe, prices in Spain, for example, went up four times. Sometimes plants were closed just because of electricity costs. We see um, the use of gas, the use of uh, coke or pet coke. We see cement producers moving from fossil fuels to alternative fuels. And all of those things are eventually affecting the process, which is affecting the product, which is affecting the market and so on. So the state of mind for many years of manufacturers was that if you want to be green, you cannot run an efficient business. And recently, together with the world leading producers, we have case studies that shows the opposite. You can actually run an efficient business, quality, throughput, yield, cost per ton, and be green. And pollute less and make less harm to the environment. Oh, that's uh, that's incredible, and I and I really take to your point that changing one percent waste into one percent sales is a huge move for a manufacturer. When you're producing massive volumes, it, those small movements once again fall right right to the bottom line, and they're so important to achieve and sometimes so difficult to attain. Again, your software does some fascinating work for them. Thank you very much. This is very much appreciated, uh, Jim. Well, what I would like to do is encourage everyone to go to SEBO.com, S-E-E-B-O.com, and you will find the, a tab in the upper right-hand corners where I found it. If you want to uh, look at the SIBO team, You'll find Laurent Acabia there as the COO, and you can get in touch with him. And Laurent, we appreciate you being on the show. This is a, a fascinating discovery of what goes on behind the scenes in manufacturing that the consumer doesn't see. We all take it for granted, but it is vitally important. Thanks for being with us. Tim, I truly enjoyed the conversation, and I'm looking forward uh, to seeing you next soon. Thank you very much. Good. We will talk again. And uh, everyone, when you're going to SIBO.com, when you have a chance, stop over at JacketMediaCo.com, where you will find all of our podcasts, including this one. And thanks for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.